Hello and welcome to Horrible Friends. It's a podcast and book club format about horror movies. And this week we have The Menu from 2022. Starting off, my name is Kyle. I'm Chris. I'm Dan. And I'm Jarvis. And the way this podcast is going to go is we're going to serve you up a few courses. Uh, the first course is going to, of course, to be, uh, we're going to give you a little bit of history. We're going to talk about some taglines. We're going to you know, generally get you ramped up about this movie. And then we're going to second course is going to be the main course, which is the, uh, the the movie itself and all of our fun little tidbits on that. And then the third and final course is going to be our little bit of a, a spoopy meter, how we feel about the movie. And then we just kind of let you go with the bill. So uh, starting off, Dan, what would you serve on the first course? For our first course, we have some history of the menu from 2022. Uh, so our director for this is Mark Mylod. Mark Mylod is known for directing things such as episodes of Succession. Love that show. Episodes of Shameless. Love that show. Episodes of Game of Thrones. Love that show. Yeah. And uh, Ali G in the house. And the uh, Ali G in the house. So I was, <laughs> I was waiting yep. for that one. <laughs> well, I had to leave the best for last. Come on. So we have two writers on this. We have... Seth Reese, Chef Reese. Uh, yes, yes, two two chefs. Uh, that's going to get so confusing. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> wouldn't the director be the chef? Mm, yeah, you're right. So we have two under. I'm not going to keep going with this. <laughs> <laughs> we, it, was a, it was a valiant effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, now the producer write, like, or under, the sous chef the is. Sous chef. The, <laughs> So our first writer for this is Seth Reese. Seth Reese is known for writing for things such as The Onion. Uh, I believe that's the News Network. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Correct. Also for things like Comedy Bang Bang and The Late Night with Seth Meyers. Oh, fun. Yeah, okay. there's, there's a little bit of that fun, dry humor that I associate with The Onion. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I, I definitely get a lot of like the writing in this movie out of both of these writers. The other writer is Will Tracy. Will Tracy's known for writing on things such as John Oliver, uh, also Succession, also the Onion News Network. So uh, you kind of get like that humor, but but good writing there. So, And uh, also, uh, Will Tracy got the idea for this movie because something like this uh, happened to him on his honeymoon in Norway. What? Yeah, he took a boat to like a fancy restaurant on like a nearby private island. Then like when they got there, they realized, oh, fuck, we are stuck here until like the meal is over. So it's like shit. And then he just thought like, okay, but what if uh, all right, clearly nothing like nefarious or evil happened to me during this. But what if something did? Yeah, that's really cool. It's so cool cool to like hear where like inspiration comes from you know you just like sit around like your everyday life and just something just inspires you and yeah you know your everyday life of being carted over to a private island for a very fancy meal probably with you and your closest like uh, you don't do that that. oh Hmm. oh i do that no but here (laughs) but here in florida it's Hmm. on a fan boat and it's because (laughs) where i'm going is somewhere in the bayou that they're having a crawdad bowl (laughs) so having a crawdad out in the bayou yeah it's a bowl gator gator So, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. You know, I, I, I get it. Yeah. 
So, um, other 2022 horror movies that came out, um, and oh my god, what a great year. This is probably my favorite year of horror in, in a while. Uh, we have X, we have Barbarian, we have Smile, we have Piggy, we have Pearl, uh, and of course we have Titanic 666. So, you know, we just have a plethora. Whoa. I'm sorry, of, can you, um... Yeah, Titanic 666, you know. Uh-huh, Okay. Now, not to be too much of a whore uh, for our own podcast, but uh, Chris, uh, we we did we did do a, a year in review of 2022, uh, yeah. so uh, all the listeners should go back and listen to that. And we listed off a lot of movies. We did, but Titanic six six six. It did I don't not think make the list. the list. Yeah, no, I don't think it did. The director of Titanic six six six, which Dan at first. Uh, so the director's name is Nick Lyon. You're lying. No, here are his other uh, fantastic films, or at least four of them that, uh, you know, he is known for. We've got uh, Bermuda Triangle North Sea, which looks bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that's just called Bullet, uh, Isle of the Dead. And finally, They Found Hell. You know that director in Shit's Creek when they're filming the Birds movie and he's just like, <laughs> look, lady. We're just filming this. Let's just get our paycheck and get out of here. I think this is like the real life guy. <laughs> I respect it. Yeah. All right. So our budget for this was about $30 million, but the box office was around $79.6 million. That's, a, yeah. that's an upcharge. That's like two and a half times the amount that the investment was for it. And also, I think it went it went to streaming like pretty quickly after it released in theaters. Yeah, that's where I saw it. I saw it on HBO the first time, and then yeah. we watched it again. I think it's still up there. Yeah, it's still there. I think within I think maybe like two months of it uh, coming out, it was on uh, HBO. And the runtime for this is only about an hour and forty six minutes, so not a super long movie. It's very consumable that way. Yes. One would say it's easy to digest. Hmm. Yeah. Apt. Apropos. <laughs> great jokes. Just great jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if if the listeners haven't, uh, if they haven't caught on by now, uh, Kyle will be uh, really abusing the soundboard this episode. So strap in. And strap on. Let's go. Continue, Chris. <laughs> uh, Dan, uh, continue. All right, I'm going to continue. So the actors for this, I'm just going to name two of them. There are a lot of actors who are pretty well known in this, but I'm just going to stick to the two top build actors. So we have Anya Taylor-Joy, which, of course, you know her from show favorite, The Bavitch uh, Glass and the Super Mario movie. Yes. My kids go apeshit for that movie. Oh, my God. I didn't know she was in that. She was. She was Princess Peach. Yep. That blew my mind. I was looking for you guys to be surprised by that, but nope, just nope. just me. Okay, well, the other actor is the great Ray Fiennes. Uh, of course, he's been in things such as Schindler's List, The English Patient, Grand Budapest Hotel, and of course, he was Lord Voldemort in Harry Potter series, um, which re- really just proves that this movie is really just if Voldemort had a restaurant, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's very difficult to come up with content that isn't Voldemort based, but I did my absolute utmost uh, because he is such an incredible actor. You know, he's like, so good. 
but he was so good as Voldemort that, you know, I, I think people tend to like typecast him in that, but you're right. Like Schindler's list. He is such an accomplished actor. He's, he's phenomenal in this. He truly is. He steals the show. Our filming location for this took place. Oh God. It took place in Georgia. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Georgia, it. Georgia. Georgia gives a lot of, they give a lot of, uh, tax, tax yep. cre- credits, right? Tax benefits. Oh yeah. Um, like yeah. a lot of stuff is like filmed in Atlanta. Did they stop doing that recently? I don't know. It's getting down the weeds, huh? That's right. Yeah. I forgot a lot of companies pulled out of, pulled out of Georgia. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that that's a porn somewhere. Pull out of Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> And bookmarking. I was trying to find, <laughs> I was trying to find the joke there, but oh, Dan found it. it there it is. <laughs> and now it's time for our taglines. Our first tagline. I actually really like these taglines. Our first tagline is "Wonderful surprises await you all." That's like Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't mind that one. It's okay. It's okay. It definitely did not make me think of anything like thriller or horror related or anything specific to the film, really. Yeah. It's just like, watch this movie. Wonderful surprises away. Yeah. Yeah, I would hope so. That's why I'm watching the fucking film in the first place. But in okay. space, no one can hear you eat. <laughs> now we did it. We did it. That's write it perfect. down. <laughs> write it down. Write that down now. Quick, 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 quick. Oh, it's still it. fresh. Okay, it. Got it. Got it. All right. Got it. All right. So, uh, I really wasn't talking about the first one. I guess I should have read the first one. I just like the second one so much that I kind of jumped ahead. But our second one is painstakingly prepared, brilliantly executed. Ooh. Okay, that's very good. See, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I would that's, even that's say like one of the best ones I've, I've read. Honestly, yeah. is delicious. That's golf clap. That's that's what that is. That's That's nice. Like, they didn't just throw, like... Anya Taylor Joy is gonna send it back, but we'll <laughs> find accept it. <laughs> but send it back is pretty good. Send it back. <laughs> Just send it back. <laughs> Just send it back. <laughs> you better give compliments to the chef. Ooh, okay. that's a good one. All right. I like okay, that buddy. one. All right, Chris is fucking riffing right now, boys. I'm ready. Well, if you are ready, then I'm gonna hand it over to you. To move on to our a second course, I'll I'll have what she's having. There we go. Got it in yeah. there. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you should have got it up on the soundboard. That's uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So movie begins. We meet Tyler and his date Margot. They're about to get on a boat and go to the super fancy and expensive dinner. Um, there's a bunch of other people in the boat. We've got Lillian, who's a famous food critic, who Tyler just nuts in his pants over when he sees her because he's a quote foodie um she's got her editor ted with her there's uh some old wealthy regulars of the restaurant that are going richard and ann there's an old movie star uh george diaz with his assistant felicity and then a bunch of douchey business guys uh soren dave and bryce who just talk about getting drunk as shit and they've all apparently paid uh 1250 dollars a head to go to this dinner yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of money. Twelve fifty isn't the end of the world, and for the experience, it really wasn't that bad, though. No, no, no I think it was pretty fairly priced. Pretty fair, what it yeah. was. I mean, I wouldn't pay it, but that seems fair. Yeah, I wouldn't pay it. Yeah, absolutely I'll watch not. Other people pay it. I honestly, if rich people were paying for it, 
They should probably pay more. Oh yeah, especially the people who are there. Maybe twelve thousand five hundred. That's why I was thinking like twelve thousand five hundred sounds about right. Yeah. So they get on the boat. They get to this kind of tucked away island where all that's there is just this restaurant. They get introduced to the Mater D Elsa, who gives them a quick tour around the island, shows them where you know this guy fishing for the scallops they're eating that night, and where they keep you know a lot of the beef and stuff. Uh, they get to the restaurant. They're all seated. They meet Chef Slovic, who is the owner of the restaurant, and they get like a first couple of their courses, which I will mention shortly. Uh, but during this time, we mainly just get a lot of the guests just having, you know, their own conversations. And you really just kind of find out that they're all pompous assholes. I, w- I wasn't sure kind of like, uh, especially from the get what kind of story we were going to be telling, because it almost it almost seems in the beginning like it's it's a little and then there were none where I almost pictured them being sort of interwoven, like their stories, like they were connected somehow. And that's true for some of them, but, you know, not not to the point where it really affects the story that much. Yeah, no, that's what I was kind of expecting, too. Like, you know, how are each of these people somehow connected? And that's the reason they're here. But no. Were you guys excited um, at like the I guess the premise of this movie? Yeah, because it was very well marketed. I like food. I love food. (laughs) I I I too love food. I hadn't heard about it before we decided to talk about it legitimately. I'm just, I'm really bad at paying attention, I guess, but it, it was extreme. As soon as I started watching, I was like, Oh, this is really fun. This is, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it is a fun movie and it was definitely marketed as such, but you know, it, it was very interesting to think of cuisine sort of in the setting of, uh, as horror or, or within a horror film. Um, and, and I don't know, uh, you know, the, the more we talk about it, whether or not this really necessarily fits into a horror category, but you know, cuisine has been a theme throughout plenty of horror movies, right? Uh, everything from, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was a little more people. Actually, a lot of these things I list off will be people, you know, Between the Hills Have Eyes, um, Hannibal. Uh, and, and, you know, even more recent ones like The the Platform, which was a, a Netflix special. But, you know, food being kind of a central point of horror, it, I, I've always found very interesting because it's just such a, a part of our day. And food has been or become something kind of different in our culture artistically it's it's much more revered now yeah human centipede definitely comes to mind when i think of (laughs) food and movies that's scary oh i'm gonna throw up adding that to the list (laughs) from from middle or back (laughs) oh i mean where do you want to be you always go middle Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so after we have like the we have the first course, things kind of start to get a little weird. Come the second course, when the guests are served a a breadless bread plate. You know what? And and, and they all deserved this breadless bread plate. Yeah, uh, these are the worst type of people to me. Where they are, they're people who are just like they take pictures of their. Fa- I can't stand it when people take pictures of their food. I'm oh, like, no, just I take, uh, I take yeah. pictures of my no, God, God damn it. I do too. I, totally I don't do, do it. it. I hate all of you. If it was at a place like this, I would not be doing it. Oh, but absolutely like, not. If it's in a very casual place and all, and the, the food comes out very nicely, then I'm going to take a nice picture of it. So, so the set, the chef says like right away, like don't take pictures of our food or, or yes. um, the, the woman who's like, uh, Elsa. Right yeah, Elsa says it. I can't remember who says it, but. I think more of the point rather than people who take pictures of our food for this movie was more that 
these are the type of people who would ignore those kind of things for their own selfishness, for their own clout right. online. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So I, I think that that's the fetishization of like being a celebrity and creating these experiences to show off to people exactly. rather than living in the moment. I think that's more of what it was going for. But I, on a personal level, I hate, if you take pictures of your <laughs> fucking food, I hate you. <laughs> Only during Thanksgiving is that absolutely not permissible. I do not care about your plate during Thanksgiving. I just don't. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, no, that I don't. Because I before I even thought about, oh, maybe I could show people this, I've already eaten three quarters of the plate and getting up to get more. Yeah, I will say, yeah. you know what? The, the one time that I think it's permissible is if you're traveling like overseas. Like when we go to Europe, I definitely take pictures of the food because I'm just you like, have to. this shit's crazy. And you already look like the typical American a-hole. Yeah, anyway, I, so I have a baseball well cap on. I'm like, hey, baby, yeah. look at this pasta <laughs> dish. <laughs> <laughs> they have beans for breakfast. They call it Alfredo. <laughs> can you put the? Can you put some ice cubes in that wine for me? Thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, I don't know if that's so much American as it is just alcoholism, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I like what you said though, Dan. <laughs> Not the alcoholism part. That that one we, we should talk this after. Taking this. a dark I, turn. I specifically like that. <laughs> Thank you for the tips. No, but you're absolutely right. Like at the heart of this, this is this is the people. This is like the whores of society that are are just completely self enveloped in their own experience and and wanting to make the experience about them. Whereas what this is, it's more about experiencing and appreciating the art that these people suffer through, right? Because this is considered an art form and it truly is. That said, I really enjoy Margot's character because even early on in the film, she is she is absolutely symbolic of like the rational consumer because she is like not she she's not like overcome with like the glitz and glam of the entire thing. She thinks the price tag is absolutely ridiculous and she's just like I why am I going to eat this? There's like no food. Yeah. And the whole time Tyler's being a huge dick to her. Yeah, he's very self-absorbed, like his whole character. Like he's like, yeah, I, I care about you as a person as long as it doesn't get in the way of my interests and my things that yeah. I want to do. Well, he also talks down to her when she basically kind of calls out and calls him out on it. Like, you're not going to treat me like that. And he basically just goes, I'm paying for this. I'm going to do what I want. No, he's he's definitely self-absorbed, but he's interesting in that he is the one who celebrates the art the most. But it's become yes. like, you know, part of his own personality. But back back to, I think, to the most important matter at hand. If you tell me at a restaurant that I do not get bread, like if this happened at a Texas roadhouse, I am burning the place to the ground. Okay? <laughs> like I was livid. Or if you're going to Red Lobster and you're not getting those cheddar I, biscuits. Oh my God, better you better give me those biscuits. biscuits. Exactly. Yeah. This episode it's is a, sponsored by Red Lobster. Eat the cheddar biscuits. <laughs> get ready for Lobster Fest this year with Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Red Lobster. <laughs> What's your guys' favorite bread course from a from a restaurant? Like, so we got the Cheddar Bay oh. biscuits, we got like Texas Roadhouse rolls. Okay, we're we're just talking about like chain places, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well known spots. Uh, it's got to be either Olive Garden or Red Lobster. Yeah, the unlimited breadsticks, huh? Yeah, it's oh, either yeah. the unlimited breadsticks yeah. of Olive Garden or you got to pick. Gun biscuits. to your head. Gun to your head. Red Lobster. Uh, up. Uh, I'm going the breadsticks, Olive Garden. Okay. I think technically the Cheddar Bay biscuits are also unlimited. You just have to really bother them. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you uh, really need to get under their skin. You could just buy bottomless cheddar baked biscuits. But at least this the thing with Olive Garden, I don't have to bother them. They just know I want more breadsticks and they bring them to me. Uh, Garcon, don't stop with the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but on some real talk, though, I would still eat that paste. Oh, the, the, oh yeah. The no, dips. Everything. Accou- the accoutrement. She like Margot's like he's just insulting you and I'd be licking the plate like what? <laughs> <laughs> the experience would be exactly what happened. It's like no, no, then I'll take your plate and then I smash the cups and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after we you know have the kind of you know breadless bread moment where everyone's kind of a dick about it, things kind of get a little crazy from there where we get they get their next course of like chicken and some house made tortillas but they kind of find out that tortillas are a little extra with basically some laser printed like just horrible things for each of the people there no no chris these are tortillas <laughs> <laughs> like we we see things like um like they have, they laser printed Tyler taking pictures of his food on his tortillas. Um, the food critic lady has all these different restaurants that she shut down. So yeah, things are getting a little weird there. Uh, after that, we go to like, there's like another course where this is where shit gets really crazy because uh, Slovak has the sous chef show up and talks about him for a second and as he just says like yeah the next course is the mess and he puts a gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger ah the mess yes it definitely when, when things were ramping up yeah it, it gets that little strange with the tortilla but then it, it just it it jumps it up like tenfold and suddenly you've got they they pull out the the sheet behind and everything and then they, they just get them ready and then it's just done I, I, I think it's a very it's a very interesting. This whole movie becomes very interesting right now. It, it's very, it's very cool. Honestly, and I just love that how some people just are that like, all right, well, I'm going to eat this food now. I just watched that man, you know, shoot himself. But you know, this is yeah. They were still finding a way yeah. to eat the food. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? Almost this for the rest is of the a movie. pretty yeah. good <laughs> filet, right? Like, truth be told, that is a testament to the deliciousness of the and quality of the food. Oh my god, know? we yeah. should get out of here. But I did pay twelve hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> I think I'm it is. Like, eat this bone marrow, man. It's that gambler's fallacy. It's like they, they were like, I put in twelve hundred dollars, and someone did die, but it wasn't me. So but it wasn't, and me. I haven't made twelve thousand dollars yet. So <laughs> I'm gonna keep going. Have you guys ever eaten bone marrow? No. Yes. Have you? Yeah, yeah, I have. I I, I ate it once on my birthday. I think we were in uh, St. Louis for my birthday once. And and, uh, me and my wife went to like a really fancy restaurant. And it's if you've never tried bone marrow, it's very good uh, when they actually cook it and serve it to you. You're you're supposed to put it on like a a baguette slice kind of like butter. Mm -hmm. And it tastes like steak butter and it is delicious. But do not be fooled. There is a limit to how much bone marrow you should be ingesting because there is Mm -hmm. it's a gray line. But once you cross it, you feel very sick and you will shit your pants for the next Absolutely. 10 hours. Yep. Can you explain the science behind that? Yes. Um, so uh, my small intestine left my butthole um, mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. hour mm-hmm. eight. Mm-hmm. And, it. Hmm. But it was still home? very good. Unlimited yeah. bone marrow. No, I actually, <laughs> I've lost that shop. My entire ass was so numb by then. I flossed. I didn't re- even, I, I didn't even realize it. I had to like, <laughs> I had to jimmy that thing back up the tubes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Popped right back in, though. Like a, it's right like a plumber's in. tool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they thanked me. I, I essentially roto-rooted their, their hotel room bathroom. Gross. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, but the craziness doesn't stop there. We just get a long list of just crazy shit goes on. Slovak has the investor of the restaurant who, like, basically kept it afloat during, like, the pandemic. Uh, they drown him in front of the guests. He has one of his she- uh, his own chefs stab him in the leg. Uh, one of the elderly couple gets a finger cut off from trying to escape. And then they send all the men inside, outside, to basically run away and try and hide. And whoever is found last gets a nice little treat. And then all the women inside get another lovely little course. Tyler over here is simping. He doesn't even run. Yeah, he just, he just wants there. to be inside. He's yeah. so yeah. upset. <laughs> <laughs> or even when he comes back in after like they were all running and all the women are eating another dish, he's so upset about it that they got another piece of food and he's trying to like take what was left over <laughs> as like the uh, the cooks are like trying to take it back to the kitchen. He's trying to like pull it out of their hands. Like, no, let me just get a little bit of that. Yeah, that's a good chunk of the movie. Probably probably one of the more like, you know, high intense periods of time during the movie. The the issue I do have is that I I think what kind of takes me out of this being a horror film is that they they kind of shied away from the graphic detail. And what I mean by that is like with the finger cut, you know, they did kind of a, a cute transition, almost a playful cut to like someone yeah, I, they I think pulled it was the Tyler. Punch. They, they pulled the punch exactly, like Tyler yeah. like cutting into a carrot you know, instead of showing us like the gruesome detail and, and with the drowning, you know, we, we see it from afar. It's just kind of like, it's the noise that goes away and it's more centralized on like how eccentric and, you know, neurotic and deranged that chef Slowick is, uh, which, which does add to the story for sure. But I, I just, I don't know if I can put this in the realm of horror. I think it falls under one of those like horror type movies, like ready or not. It's, it's, it's like a thriller where it's like, yeah, kind of it's horror related. Funny horror, like it has like horror elements in it. Yeah, it's like its distant cousin. But you know, like you're the, the one you're happy but to still see welcome. At a family yeah, function. Welcome yeah, you're over. like holy shit, dude! Yeah. I haven't seen you in forever. Like, yeah, because it's a fun movie to watch. Whereas movies like you know you, you should have left. You're just like oh, my uncle's here. All right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should have left. All right. Maybe I should have left. <laughs> yeah. I just wish the body horror was a little more realized because that, yeah. that's one of the few the few dings I have on this. I imagine they probably had that discussion uh, like when you would think. this movie and yeah. talking about it. they probably they probably were at a point of like, OK, so how far do we lean into like horror the aspects horror. of it yeah. or do we kind of still teeter the line of it be more of a thriller and focus on more of like the satire yeah i I don't disagree and because they're you know at least like you said one or two of the guys that were writing for it were you know definitely heavily comedy based yeah i i think that 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 would have pulled them too far away from what they were actively trying to go for and i mean we're we're in this like kind of a a cool renaissance of like good horror comedies that are out we are yeah yeah. And and I appreciate it. I mean, it, yes, we could have done more body horror, but I don't know. I don't, I, I, it might have taken away from it. it. It was like more entertaining. It was entertaining. And, and also like it, it's kind of making a point, even though they're kind of joking about it the whole time. Right. Like sure. It's, 
you still know what's going on. Like, yeah, the right. subject matter hasn't changed. I think it. I think truthfully, they were just trying to appeal to a wider audience, and they knew they would yeah, have taken true. a hit ha- had they been a little more graphic. What was this rated again? Uh, uh, it was rated R. Oh, okay. So they yeah. had the R rating. Pussies. All right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it was just like you said because the both the writers like they're mainly satire writers and. I imagine they probably could have brought someone else on who was like, you know, familiar with writing horror, but I could see them probably not like wanting to lose like what their idea of the movie was and it getting lost. But I do agree. I would have liked to seen, seen a little bit more, have it, the story lean into more of the horror. I do really appreciate that they, you know, like I was saying earlier, um, you know, and then there were none was kind of the expectation I had early in the film. And they did find a way to kind of like interweave a lot of the characters pretty seamlessly, specifically with the uh, investor, like the uh, kind of the guy, the overarching guy who is yes. who the business douchebags worked for. Yeah, they yeah, they worked for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they it makes sense that they were friends with the elderly couple and obviously Chef Slowick. So it, it, it did make sense and it did play. But not overly so, not overly so that there's like not a dark secret between all of them. You know, it wasn't that kind of film, but that element was still there. So after all crazy shit happens, Slovak basically just explains to everyone that they were all invited because they they all of them somehow contributed to him losing his passion for his craft and that they make a living off exploring the exploiting the work of food food artisans uh, like him and and just tells them all that they're they're all going to die by the end of the night. And um, we also learned that Tyler knew about this and still brought Margo along and he knew everyone was going to die regardless. And that, uh, and I just want to throw this in here because uh, Chef Slovak then uh, says, well, since you're such a, you know, smart food person, how about you make us a great dish? And uh, who can tell me what Tyler's dish was called? Tyler's bullshit. And... I have the uh, exact description of it right here in front of me. Uh, Tyler's bullshit consisted of undercooked lamb, inedible shallot leek butter sauce, and an utter lack of cohesion. Yes. Yeah, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck he was trying to make with those combinations just, of things. He was just, th- I, he just throwing shit in the pan. I love it the whole time. The chef's just like, oh, yes. No, good idea. Wow, look new at this cutting great chopping. Method. T- yes, this new cutting <laughs> method. Look yes. at everyone. We must learn from Tyler. We must learn from Tyler. <laughs> Un- under the under the gun, though, what would each of you make if, like, oh. he was just like, "Make me your best dish right now." Good. I'd be like, all right, where's your top ramen packets? <laughs> yeah. If I had just no time and it was crunch time like this, uh, a very good grilled cheese sandwich. That's I can yeah. do it consistently. I can make it good. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, like my my go to is is definitely like a good steak, and that would take way too long because I go through the process, man. So, uh, yeah, it would have taken at least twenty five minutes. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm a goner for sure. Uh, mine would probably be like a, I I can make a good sesame chicken, um, but yeah, it'd probably take me at least a solid like twenty minutes. What about you, Dan? Something with couscous, maybe? I would <laughs> a little bit couscous. The man uh, of grains himself. You know what? I I would make. I would make some black bean tacos. So black beans on, on the fry. A nice quick meal. You can like cut up some veggies to go with it to throw on top of it. I know it's Are a Are you pressing box. the masa? Are you pressing the masa to make the tortillas? No, these are tortillas, sir. <laughs> Not masa. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but you know what? I, I, I 
Jarvis said I would be a goner. I think it was Jarvis. It might have been Kyle that said I'm, I would be a goner. I can't remember who said it. But I actually, I, I don't think that you would be a goner because the whole purpose of the ending is that, you know, you put like yourself into your meal and like you're not being fake and you're being real. So yeah, I think true. we would all survive making our meals for the chef. Aw, and Aww. everything was okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not for Tyler. Because that was the best Uh, part of the movie. He is completely demoralized. And I love the ingredients he picks because they are truly, I mean, anyone who watches the fucking Food Network would have picked the same things. If they watch the Food Network (laughs) and they think that makes them a culinary expert, that is what they would pick. Shallots. Yeah, it's essentially what this guy did. That's exactly what it was. And it's so, so funny to watch him just completely blunder it. And I think that's his that's his downfall, right? Because that's that's the difference between him and Margot at the end. And he's like, he doesn't know how to cook at all. He's just trying to be fancy. And the chef's like, you're fake as fuck. Like fake mm-hmm. ass, fake ass fuck mm-hmm. boy. Gotta die. And so after his failed meal, uh, the chef whispers something in his ear. And it's later found that Tyler uh, hung himself in a just like a cabinet nearby. They start to prep dessert. That was going to be our final course. Uh, during the meantime, Margot kind of found some old pictures and stuff of the chef and saw like when he was actually truly happy with his life. And she does this whole spiel where she said she's not hung or, you know, she's hungry. She didn't enjoy any of the food and asked the chef for a cheeseburger. Yeah, the cheeseburger ending is is beautiful. Yeah, that cheeseburger looked so good. It did. It did look really good. (laughs) Yeah, it did. It did. The fact that also it ends on kind of like a almost a happy note is also kind of what takes me out of the horror aspect, you know, kind of more thriller thriller drama. But but it's so good. And it really is such like a a fun way to end it. You know, he's, you know, he's reigniting like with his last moments, the passion that he had. And it and it isn't, you know, some dish that costs, you know, a hundred dollars. It's it's just a greasy cheeseburger it was a ten dollar burger and it looked and so fries. good what I, i'm not a big american cheese fan though like what, what are you guys like into american cheese do you I, not I like american cheese no i would have gone like swiss or something yeah that's fair american cheese has its place i am i don't think i'm legally allowed to have it in this household though so <laughs> <laughs> any anything else though colby uh pepper jack oh, i love colby a good pepper, pepper jack burger. Yeah, yeah i like I, I kind of I don't mind American cheese, but I would prefer like a pepper jack. I'm really big into um, uh, like melty cheeses right now. Like a good, a good, a melty good cheese. melty cheese. Yeah, like a yeah. brie, right? Brie's like a good um, melty cheese. No, I'm going no. That's, it, that's it's almost like its own thing. It like is brie. just melted. Yeah, it's like melted. <laughs> che- it's more of a dip. It's just soup. Yeah, oh, I I love brie. <laughs> I I also really really enjoyed. That they sang the birthday song. <laughs> like yes. the whole restaurant singing happy birthday to the guy. <laughs> the, one yes. of the business guys. And they're <laughs> like, you, you, you told them it's my birthday, didn't you? Well, it was fun. It three, was funny. Three hours funny ago. Three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, the student loans bit. Oh, yes. When he tells them all they're going to die. And the girl Felicity says, why me? Oh, did you go to Brown? Yeah. Did you get student loans? No. You're going to die. You're dying. <laughs> You're dying tonight. Yeah. The one liners are, are so perfect. And that's and that's actually why, Dan, when you were you were telling us about the writers, I was like, holy shit, I see. I exactly so see 
Right. Yeah. The, the writing process, the comedic aspect of it is so funny. So on the nose. Yeah. But uh, after Margot gets her burger, she takes one bite and mentions that her eyes are too big for her stomach, asks uh, if she can get it to go. Chef boxes it up for her, gives her to go bag and actually lets her leave. While everyone else in the restaurant just kind of has accepted their fate. And the we get the final course dessert, which was s'mores, which the ingredients were marshmallow, chocolate, graham cracker, the customers, the staff, and the restaurant. Which everyone is covered in marshmallow, chocolate, and a fire is set. The building explodes and everyone else dies as Margot just watches from a boat as she leaves the island. What a fun visual ending. It was. It was. And it's so funny that we talked about uh, Ray Fiennes being involved in uh, like Wes Anderson films because it looked like such a Wes Anderson ending. Them just covered yes. in like the, the s'more suits. You know, <laughs> it was so strange, but visually it's it was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Yeah. It was something to look at for sure. And I did love that by that point, all of the other guests, they were just so defeated and when I first watched it, I half expected like someone to like stand up and like flip their shit that he was letting Margot go. Like, you know, do that. You know, I'm an important person. You know, she's nobody. Why is she leaving? Why am I here? But no, like mm-hmm. I think, I think both like the food critic and um, the one, uh, the one uh, wealthy lady, like she just kind of nods at her, like go get out. Like, don't worry about us. Like we deserve this. So this is actually one of the parts where I was a little upset with the movie earlier. We we quickly talked about how uh, the one customer had his finger cut off uh, and that happened because he was trying to leave. But Chef Slovak says later in the movie, like you could have left if you wanted to. And like, that's just factually not true because you stopped a guy and cut his finger off for trying to do that. Um, So that didn't make sense. But by the end of the movie, it felt like the message was not that they were like, to me, it was that not that they were worn down, but rather that they were okay with being a part of something like this, because that's just all that their life is, is just like being a part of trying to be a part of like big moments instead of just living in the moment. Like, and that's why Margot left, because she's like, I just live in the moment. I just kind of do things and like all these rich people these celebrities like just kind of like worried about clout and like being involved in things and the simpler way to to explain that is it's called indoctrination because they all got stockholm syndrome so hard <laughs> they they all oh, just yeah. agreed to be human s'mores yep <laughs> which like besides the burning part sounds kind of fun it looked yeah. really fun to film. <laughs> it did oh. look really fun. Yeah, it's fun, kind of edgy, you know. Yeah, Got melted yeah. chocolate running down my down my dome as I'm burning okay, alive. Run it, just running down yourself. But you know that this didn't take place in America, right? Because Margaret doesn't tip at the end. Oh, yeah. No, you tip for service. And I got to say, it, it was an experience, but I, I'm yeah. not a fan of the service. I think there's <laughs> also actually something mentioned because of it being such a highbrow thing. Like... It's included. Gratuity is, yeah, it's already included. I like that better. I do, yeah. I hate the tip. I enjoyed the end imagery, right? It was the obvious analogy of kind of like the common class watching the establishment burn, you know, all the, the high society, yeah. uh, w- which I enjoyed. 
But the one thing I can't understand, and I'm really looking for your gentleman's input here, is why was the sommelier part of the culinary death cult? Like, how how did that come to be? Like, I understand, like, the cook staff being so bonded to, che- to Chef Slowick. But, like, the guy who just is really good at sniffing wine, he was, like, the craziest one of all of them. He's, like, dancing around, like, pouring it out and shit. Like, I, <laughs> I understand, like, they were indoctrinated. They were, like, militarized to the point where they would defend his ideals to the violent end. But, but the fucking wine guy? You know, I was, just, I, I was very confused. I mean, who knows what happened, what they did with him, like how he was indoctrinated, because clearly he was indoctrinated somehow. Who knows how, what happened before this night at this building. Was the Coast Guard there too? Uh, he was part of the staff. He was part of the staff. Yeah, it was part of the staff. Yeah, there's a moment where Margot, like, thinks she used the radio to call the Coast Guard for help, and it turns out it was, yeah, just a member of the staff dressed up. You know, my my wife is really into, like, cult kind of, my wife is really into, like, cult cult kind of shows and stuff like that and like i had had like a high moment thought the one night where i was watching it with her and i was like what if you were like the person who joined like two weeks before the cult collapsed i'm like (laughs) what if what if that's what if that's this guy he like got in and like the the cooks are just like man you should have been here a year ago this call was the (laughs) shit and it's like two weeks and he's just trying to still be a part of it I also like. I think I, at one point I thought of it as like, what if one of like the the cooks there for him, like they just only been there like a week or so, but they're like, oh yeah, I got like this is a great job, like it's a great opportunity. I'm, I'm, yeah, like I'm cooking for this guy. This is amazing. And as they get to the point, like everyone here will die tonight. I can imagine that guy's like, you know, flipping something over like behind him, like, hmm. Well, I oh. want to be at a job <laughs> a year before I quit. Oh, God. What's so bad about this gap on my resume? It's a yeah. toss up. It's a toss up. What do I do? Oh, what I haven't do? even been here long enough for my life insurance to kick in yet. Oh. <laughs> I like the idea of the, the cult member going out to buy groceries, though, and coming back in the cult. What the fuck? And I got more shells. It went out because we were out of rutabaga. Yeah. Like, that guy's gonna think, was it personal, like that they did it before I got back, or like he's just gonna have to go yeah. to therapy over it? Just like, yeah, my cult yep. killed themselves before I could get back from the store. Was he the guy that none of them liked, and he was like totally? <laughs> yeah. <into> the idea. <laughs> they were like, I don't want to go to go to heaven with that guy. Hell no, dude. We are killing ourselves before Jerry gets back. We oh, don't worry. I already sent him on tours. You know he's. <laughs> <laughs> he's not gonna be i told him he had to take the rowboat off the island yeah. to get to get to the trader joe's i told him to town. make sure to get the purple potatoes <laughs> <laughs> i saw something online that there is a slight theory that actually margot did not survive in the end okay so if you recall because at the end you know she gets off she's on the boat the engine of the boat does die like either runs out of gas or something and she just sits down and like opens her little to-go bag and like eats the rest of the burger you know we get that close-up of her eyes and then it's over um poison someone pointed out well yeah because in the beginning when elsa's giving everyone the tour she shows them the smokehouse where they have all the meat like being smoked and aged and someone asked like you know she said like it's in here for a specific amount of time and someone said well what would happen if you know it's in there just a little bit longer and she's like i don't know probably just some painful death Wow. Okay. So some people have pointed out, like, you know, why would they mention that line or bring that up at that point? Now, see, I think that's plausible. 
Yeah. Oh. It, it, it's fun to think about, right? Whether you choose yeah, to do it or I just not, think it's it a, just yeah, leaves it, it open-ended. Yeah, that's what I think. It's mainly meant there to be open-ended. Like if that if that line wasn't there when they made they mentioned the smokehouse before, right. then yeah, like because then that would just be someone like, oh, I bet he poisoned it. Yeah, I bet he put rat yeah, poison sure. in when no one was looking. Yeah, no, that's silly. Yeah. But like, no, that that is a kind of an interesting take. I think just my final thoughts. I think it is so funny that uh, John Luiziamo's character, the fact that he was brought there, he was selected for that night was because Chef Slowick <laughs> saw a movie of his and he thought it was complete shit. And he just said, yeah, he just added him to the list. He's <laughs> like, it was like his first day off in months. Yes. And he wanted to go enjoy a good movie. And he said that movie was just so awful. It ruined his one day off he had. And so for that, he got put on the list. <laughs> well, that is the end of the movie. Chris, you got anything else? Uh, No, that's it. Well, I do believe then that we are going to our signature dish, our spoopometer, Dan. What are we rating on a scale of today? So for your signature dish, I present to you the 11 same dishes that we just had throughout the course of this movie. <laughs> so 0 to 11 dishes. How many are you sticking around for before the inevitable happens? Well... This movie was <clears throat> not really scary. Uh, it, it, you know, for our true spoopy meter, uh, there, there was no scare. Uh, you know, the zero, the zero dishes. I'm leaving immediately. But for the movie itself, yeah, I'm, I'm staying. I'm staying till the final. I really enjoyed this one. This was a lot of fun. I would. It, it seems easy enough that I could probably have someone who's not necessarily interested in horror movies watch it. Get again hitting that that idea of the reach to a, a wider audience. Um, I would, I would do 11 dishes. I'm staying for the whole thing. Let me, let me melt with that, that sweet, sweet s'more. Yeah, it definitely wasn't really spoopy, but I'm going to give it at least up to the third dish, which was the breadless bread plate. So I, for spoopometer, I will go up to at least the lick the breadless bread plate clean and then leave annoyed, not having bread. Not necessarily that it was spoopy. It wasn't, but there was quite a few tense moments that I thought were set up very well. Like any time in the beginning when one of the one of the next courses was coming, how the chef just clapped so loud as like someone's like mid sentence. There was a lot of like several moments of that where you just weren't expecting it, and it was just a little like, oh no, shit. Like that, like little things like that, I really enjoyed. So I, I'm going to give it points for that. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Kyle as a whole. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. And I think it is like a good entry point for someone who wants to kind of get into something close to the horror genre. I think it's a good place to start and, you know, a fantastic cast to boot. So you're going to enjoy everyone in it. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stay for all 11 courses, even the bullshit, especially the burger and the spurs. I like the movie. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I truly did enjoy the movie. Yeah. But uh, looking through a horror lens. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't equate it to horror. I really just can't get over that line. So I'll say a one in terms of spoop uh, only because, you know, there there's some fun imagery. But yeah, no, overall, I, I did enjoy the film. I think it's funny. But the humor is, is very good. It's captivating. You know, it's very interesting and it's beautiful to look at. Overall, I'll give it a nine. And the question that I'm left with is who would do the documentary that ensues from this mass murder? Would it would it be Investigation Discovery with Keith Morrison or, or would, you know, Ted from Chopped 
be like, mm, no, this is our territory and it comes on Food Network. These are the questions I'm left with. I want it to be chopped, but yeah. that's just me. Dearly, right? So dearly do I. <laughs> yeah. Alton Brown. I, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, in terms of horror, not scary. Good horror elements, uh, maybe a one, but not scary at all. And in terms of a movie, it's great. Uh, I give it, I stay the whole the whole time. I'm going to be a marshmallow um, because it was very entertaining and thoroughly enjoyed it. I would watch it again probably numerous times if anyone ever wanted to watch it. So, yeah, really enjoyed it. We here at Horrible Friends want to say that we do not condone mass murder as content. But we're also not saying that this wouldn't make The Great British Bake Off a more interesting show. Just food for thought. Well, with that, thank you for coming by for your uh, multi-course meal here at Horrible Friends. And uh, besides thanking you, I want to go ahead and thank uh, Connor McLeod and Andrew Cavanaugh. You can see their information in our description. Uh, you should follow us on all those social medias. Uh, we also have that in our thing. And, um, you know, tune in next time for your uh, delayed dessert course. Um, and Chris, what would you like to offer our guests as a parting gift from the restaurant? Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it's a Tubi original. Oh, that's even better. Uh-huh. Oh, this is good. Oh. Oh, that's what happened to the Titan. Okay. Now it makes sense. You're gonna let you're gonna let that hang out there. <laughs> you're just, just gonna let me dangle. You're gonna let my joke implode like those brave. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that, that's not making the rap party. <laughs>